Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we are joined by hip-hop artist Minerva. As we dive behind Minerva's latest string of tracks, including songs like Stuck and Quarter Life Crisis, We're also going to talk about the road that has led Minerva here from moving to Nashville. And what was he able to learn inside of one of the largest music epicenters in the world after spending about five years there before truly branching out as this Minerva entity with this new wave of music and of course there was also a little bit of a tribute to one of his favorite groups with 21 pilots minerva tried to write a little bit of a musical a play to some 21 pilots music but it ended up getting cease and desisted after releasing a trailer but that didn't stop minerva because he carried that momentum forward into his own artist career with his rap rock sound which we're diving into here today like i said with tracks like stuck quarter life crisis and how minerva is carrying continuing to take this momentum forward into the future so all of this and oh so much more here today it's all brought to you by desert tiger merch.com where you go to cop yourself something to support and represent the show and the best part about it is looking is free so why don't you just go ahead and check it out to see if anything catches your eye catches your interest and now that you know who the show is brought to you by and now that you know who our guest is it's about time that minerva told you a little bit about this process himself so let's go the desert Tiger Podcast. Oh, what up, man? Hey, how's it going, Minerva? Doing good, man. Hey, so sorry I'm late. I was just running from a recording session and had to get gas. And you know how long I'm. Hey, I know how it goes. It's entertainment. It's uh, things happen, right? Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, that's it. Where are you coming from, man? I see your West Coast. Uh, West Coast. I am in British Columbia, Canada. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're in Nashville? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah, just literally going, 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 going every day. Just, uh, getting, trying to, trying to make it in music city. Hey, it's fair, fair. I mean, you're working on that debut EP, trying to get things rocking and rolling. I mean, so I don't blame you. And we're here to dive a little bit behind that, uh, that growth, that journey here today. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to jump on in? Do it, man. All right, all right. Well, before we get into that, that debut EP, we need to lay a little bit of a foundation down. So I want to start with what ended up bringing you to Nashville. And of course, that was back in 2015 that you originally moved to Nashville, but it was 2020 that you released your first track as Minerva. So were those, what were those first five years in Nashville? What were those lessons that you learned in that time? Oh, that's, that's a very long period of time in my life. Um, yeah, uh, so I moved to Nashville in 2015 for college. I went to, went to Belmont, which is uh, definitely a pretty normal start for a lot of people around here. Uh, I was a songwriting major, and so um, I knew I always loved music, and I was like, okay, well, let's, uh, 
let's see what happens here. I just caught the songwriting bud again. Uh, I remember with my freshman year roommate, he was, we were just kind of screwing around one day while we were drunk and uh, uh, we started rapping back and forth. And he was like, dude, you know, you're actually kind of good at this, right? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And uh, yeah, so then uh, I kind of just started exploring that a lot more in college. And uh, before I knew it, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, this is something I've actually studied a lot at this point. And I think I want to like, you know, try to tell my story through, through this art form. And so that was really the start of Minerva was uh, around 2018. I was working this uh, one uh, desk job at a guitar shop. And I, I was, it was my last day and I was like, God, there's got to be more to life than this. And uh, the song Minerva by Deftones came on. And uh, I was like, yo, what if someone took like this shoegaze, like, you know, styles, like top end and put like trap drums with it. And I was like, that's it. I'll be an artist named Minerva. Do that. And I started looking up like, what does Minerva mean? It's like the Roman goddess of wisdom. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take the conventional wisdom, put in rock and rap together and turn on set. Ooh, I like that. I like that very well. Well thought out for sure. Just sort of out of like a song comes on and you can even see the uh, Deftones flag in the background there. And yeah song just comes on and then like out of there it's just like okay where can we take this from here where can we mold it where can we meld it yeah it was very much a i just i felt like i heard it in a whole new way that i because i've been a fan of the fan of the band and other groups like that like you know the lincoln parks of the world the pop roach of the world for years but i never really heard it that way and then i was like okay cool i feel like this is something unique and something that like you know feels really me and then um it's been really cool I released all that music in 2020, all those standalone singles, and now working toward my debut EP because now I'm, I'm moving more and more into rock, like just as it keeps going on. Like my last single, I just released Quarter Life Crisis. It's like, cool, this is like, this has like a rock drop in it. These are heavy guitars. This isn't just like hinting at my background because that's really like what I grew up on. It's been really cool, like, you know, returning to those roots and really like, you know, pretty soon, like I'm going to be singing a lot more too. And that's like, you know, also exciting for me. Cause it's like, cool. I really feel like I've gone in this really fun circle. And like part of that circle too, uh, you said what was part of the five years, uh, from 2015 to 2020, um, I wrote a musical in that time. And so, uh, that was a big part of my artistic journey as well. And, uh, very long story short, it was a 21 pilot jukebox musical. So essentially I, uh, I took, uh, their album blurry face and wrote a story around it, but because I'm myself, I, very much took it to the end. That was not just like this crazy idea I had. No, 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 I followed. And uh, I ended up actually like going viral with it uh, at the beginning of 2020. Uh, and that was really what started my career as Minerva because uh, all the fans I got from there, about half of them like switched over to, uh, to Minerva once I started releasing music, which was really cool. And uh, that project ended up getting a cease and desist letter and dying, unfortunately. But that through that journey of like writing that musical, it really taught me how to like, you know, here's how you arrange music. Here's time to study like one of the best alternative bands, like, you know, of our time. And like, you know, what do they do that works? And like, how can you take that now for your own stuff? And it was really cool. Like just having to break down orchestration too, from like, you know, the ground up. And it really, I'd say I couldn't have done Minerva if I didn't write that show. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And it also like gives you sort of that aspect of other aspects of the business as well, where, like you said, you did a play and you actually released a trailer for that play that got liked by one of the members of 21 Pilots themselves, which is pretty dang exciting, even if it did get taken down. But at the same time, like you alluded to, it's it gave life to this. So it necessarily wasn't like a waste of time 
because it still allowed you to grow into your own style from there, even though it was something is like a a tribute to somebody and a tribute allowed you to blossom. Yeah, I really found myself, I'd like to say, through writing that show, because like um the the story of the main character was very much um I didn't realize it at the time, but like by the time I released the trailer, like the character was like a it was like 23 and then I was also 23. Like I started writing it when I was like 19 and it was just like, it was really interesting. I was like, wow, I kind of wrote my future, if you will. Like in the words of Hamilton, I wrote my way out. And it was just really, uh, it was really interesting to seeing how that evolved. And it really uh, helped me put my finger on exactly like what I wanted to say as an artist. Like a big thing for me is talking about mental health. Like my, my last single quarter life crisis really dives into like, you know, how the twenties are like this, forgotten time of like emerging adulthood where like you're supposed to have everything together but nobody does and then my last single before that was all about the pandemic and like you know feeling trapped in your circumstances and i really i'm excited for my debut ep talk too much because it's really all it's very vulnerable and it's very uh very mentally health mental health conscious it's very like okay cool i now know what i want to say these aren't just fun songs it's like cool you can break these down Mm -hmm. so it Breaking down other songs allowed you to break down your own music and sort of put meaning and purpose behind it so that you sort of could get a direction, maybe give exactly that a little bit more purpose to the lyrics and what you're presenting to the world. Exactly. Yeah, I would definitely say that. And uh, especially like doing it for a band like 21 Pilots, like uh, and it's been really fun, too, because uh, my quarantine project was I actually wrote a second musical. And uh, now with what I learned from writing blurry face uh, the new show it's called what's written and it's like okay cool i really feel like all those lessons i learned there i can apply to this and it's like i now feel like i know exactly what i want to say even more from like you know all the self-discovery i did through like you know blurry face and then through minerva and so it's i, I love music because you can explore an idea in three minutes i love theater because you can explore an idea in two hours and both of them are in incredible forms of expression and it's awesome that you're still staying inside of that world of theater as well too continuing in exactly that but not just the audio form but also the visual form adding more to everything so i want to dive a little bit into some of these tracks specifically two of the ones that you just named there so i want to talk about uh stuck and like you said sort of like that feeling of being stuck in the pandemic and you did put a visual to it where it was very powerful with it too, like the music video. So take us a little bit like further behind the track, the video, like were you the one who came up with the idea and put it like mostly together or how did, how did it all, what the magic tell us about it? Yeah, totally. Um, so that video was, uh, that was a really fun one for me because I actually uh, directed most of that myself actually. And that was, uh, I, I knew because it was my pandemic song, I kind of wanted a DIY looking video and something where I was like, okay, cool. Like this is going to be a really simple, like three shot kind of situation. And like, you know, I I knew what I felt like during the pandemic was very much like, okay, cool. I have like this voice in the back of my head and like, you know, which I personify then in the video as like people in the, in the masks where it's like, okay, they're telling me like, you know, you're never going to be enough. You're never going to be worth it. Everything you're doing is pointless. What are you doing? And like, Every day, it felt like a struggle to like, you know, get out of my bed and get out of like my room and really start to like be productive because it was like, what am I doing this for? Like, my numbers feel like they're for my vanity and like, who cares about like that? That's what it really felt like during the pandemic because like, 
before that, I could justify, okay, cool. You got to get the streaming numbers so you can book the show. So you can like, you know, get the people interested in what you do. And like, that's a concrete path. Like that makes sense to me. But like when live music went down, it, it hit me really hard. And I remember for the first, the first couple months of the pandemic, I did fantastic. It was like, I was more productive than ever. Finally had all the time that I always wanted in the world. I mean, I was unemployed, so I was getting paid. And like, you know, that was all great. But like, then the, then I don't know, around the time like May hit and I started releasing my single bad guy, it just, I was just kind of like, what's the point? And it just didn't feel, it didn't feel real. And it just felt like uh, I, I've never been that close to giving up in my life. And so um, when I got back to Nashville, the first song I wrote was with my buddy Corey and that was stuck. And I just, I was a song that had just been brewing in my head for just months. It felt like, and so the whole session went really quickly and we really got that one out fast. And I knew, okay, cool. This needs to be my, like, I'm back single because like, this is first off, it justifies why I've not been doing anything for so long. But second off, it's like, okay, cool. This really feels like the perfect bridge between like my old alternative hip hop stuff that like where Minerva started and then where I'm going with the more rock side of things because I'm singing, I'm stuck. And like, you know, it's got the rap bridge and it's able to, it just felt like a really good connecting point between like, you know, all the old stuff and then quarter life crisis. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that you had moved back to Nashville there. So before you had moved back, did you have the thought that you wanted to delve more into that rock world? Or was that something that like that sort of found you once you came back? It definitely kind of found me. Um, I started, I had a session booked right before the pandemic with this uh, producer, Andrew Gomez. Uh, I actually just had a session with him a moment ago. Like literally he changed the entire so my entire sound is Minerva and just the way I look at music. And um, I had a session booked with him, but then the world ended. So that didn't happen. But um, when I got right back, the first thing I did was I was like, hey, man, we had that session booked. Like, I still love to do it. And uh, we did it. And the song that we did was Quarter Life Crisis. And I was just amazed. I was like, OK, cool. I knew I wanted like a song with a drop, kind of like my song Famous. And it was like, OK, that's going to be cool. But he was like, dude, like you're a rock artist. We've been talking about like Blink-182 and Lincoln Park for like the entire like, you know, session. Like, let's dive into that. And so he really just pushed me to like, you know, go with my influences instead of like with what was cool necessarily. Because I, I, I definitely have always forged my own path when it comes to like what I wanted to sound like. But I was, I was always like, rock was dead. Like, there's no point. And it's really cool now watching rock come back because I'm like, okay, thank God I had the same thought at the same time. Thank you. And it's, uh, yes. Yeah, so doing quarter life crisis really was that, that jumping off point. Cause from there I was like, I gotta do a whole record with this guy. This is insane. And so, uh, yeah, that really pushed us off and now talk too much is coming out in October. So it's like, you know, this is really going to be the, uh, the start of really where I see my direction going for the, for the rest of my career. Okay. Awesome. And of course, Nashville is playing quite an important role in that, uh, rock revival as well so definitely in a good place to uh sort of catch that influence as it's building back up yeah very much so i got a, a couple of people that andrew works with actually that just got signed recently and like you know we got definitely a lot of a lot of very good artists in that sphere that are coming up and i'm like this is great i mean i'm i'm in this fun juncture because i'm like i'm too rock for the rap people at the moment and i'm too uh too rap for the rock people so I, I see it as a very freeing thing because I can play the rap shows. I can play the rock shows. I can do whatever I need. And I'm really excited for this fall because I got a lot of shows booked and it's going to be really cool to finally like play all these songs live for people that I've been waiting for, to do since like, you know, the pandemic started. 
Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned groups like uh, Linkin Park and otherwise, where rap rock was like fairly prominent in the late 90s, the early 2000s. I mean, I was a very big uh, fan of the movement myself. And it's like some people say that music is cyclical. So A, who's to say that it can't come back? And even if it's not like one thing or it's not the other, it's how does music evolve if people aren't forging their own paths? Yeah. And I I feel like it's really unfortunate because music has become so homogenized at this point. Like it's very much uh, with the Spotify playlisting culture. It's very much like, hey, this song could be dope, but like it doesn't fit my playlist. I can't put it out. And it's very much uh, trying to get your foot in the door can be very difficult if you don't sound like everybody else. And that's not even me coming from a place of bitterness. That's just it's like, hey, that is the truth. And so I'm really excited for the third single off this record because it's like, okay, cool. This is a pop song. It still sounds like Minerva, but it's a pop song. I'm really hoping that this will help get my foot in the door so that then I can introduce people to all this rest of this music and what I'm working Hey, all right. So just continuing to explore other sounds as well and just continuing to build onto what you are because like you said, you can fit into either realm. So why limit yourselves into any direction? Why not just like take it on pop as well delve into whatever it is that like whatever fits the vibe you're trying to capture the best right exactly and i'm very much like hey like music is music and like everything that any artist does that's a part of them it's like i feel like people want to pigeonhole artists so quickly and it makes sense and i'll be the like a band like lincoln park i can talk about all day because they obviously reinvented themselves so many times and i really respect that like or a band like Deftones also reinvented themselves so much within their sphere. And I don't know, I definitely uh, feel like I'm very much switching genres right now from being an alternative hip-hop artist to what I am now. And it's really, it's going to be really fun exploring rock even more because like, I'm actually working on a, my follow-up to Talk Too Much right now. And it's, it's even more rock than it was before. And it's really cool because I'm like, all right, this, this feels really me. I'm still rapping. I'm singing even more. And it's just like, all right, cool. This shine, this really shows off what I can do. So even though the EP isn't out yet, you're already moving already into that next level. Where can we continue to take things? Where does it evolve from here? I'm definitely like, no one cares about what you're doing. It's what you're doing next. It's a sad truth. (laughs) So I don't know. I really, the pandemic was really nice in one way because it really gave me time to time to write a lot of music and time to really, you know, explore a lot of different things. Cause it was, it was like, there's no point in releasing music right now. So I got all these songs just to hold on to them and keep going. And I I've been really glad to find a really great team of writers and producers and a publicist and all these other people like to work with me to really make, make Minerva come together and happen. And because of that, it's, I, I feel like I can be ahead of the game right now. And I'm really excited to, for this n- next record, I'm definitely like, I'm making videos as the song is coming out. It's very much like, I just finished the video for Quarter Life and it's coming like next week. But it's like, you know, the uh, I'm really excited for the next record too to like, cool, like let's have everything like planned before I release that first song because I can do that. Well, it's very important. It's like they say, is it takes a village to build somebody up and the importance of a team which allows you to do exactly that. Take a little bit more time to focus on whatever it is that you happen to need to focus on, whether it's a video, whether it's the lyrics, whatever it happens to be, because you don't have to worry about 
all of the things. You can collaborate with these people. You can focus on what is the best game plan that we can attack this, come out of this pandemic as strong as possible, and make the best most of these opportunities, right? Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely always uh, always trying to meet new people and like try to get more in the scene. Like I definitely, although I've been in Nashville for five years, I really do feel like, okay, cool. I'm only getting into the scene now. Cause like, you know, obviously the pandemic happened like right after I started my career. So like I, w- I was in it, but I was in it as a drummer because I played drums for a lot of different pop artists. And now it's like, cool. No, like I'm coming out from the, from the kit and like, this is, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. And it's like, you know, it feels really good to finally have people like start to respond to that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And probably feels uh, pretty damn good to uh, actually do exactly that. Get out from behind the kit and express yourself after helping other people do it for so long yeah and i i definitely there are some some acts i will always want to play for and like you know assuming it doesn't conflict with anything like i mean i've been playing drums for 20 years it's a huge part of like you know who i am and what i do and i'm i finally got a band together actually for minerva and it's really exciting now because first off my drummer is so much better than me god uh but second off it's like okay cool we're able to like you know do the dual drumming thing, for example, and like, you know, really try to show off as much like musical talent and entertainment value that we can. And it's really fun getting to work with people who like, you know, make me feel like I need to better myself. Mm-hmm. And it also adds that extra level to the live show where maybe that's the moment that somebody remembers, right? Where they turn to their friend and, oh man, you remember that time they had those dual and drum kits going on? And oh my goodness. And you know, and you're reading my mind like that. So you mentioned there you've uh, putting together a full band for the live show. So it sounds like you've uh, got some pretty big plans for that as well. Yeah, no, I'm starting in starting in uh, late August. Actually, I'll be playing a show every two weeks for like uh, probably three months at this point. I'm trying to book even more. So just really trying to become a mainstay of like, you know, playing, playing around the local scene. And the, I mean, the dream one day is to, is to tour and like, you know, really get enough attention to the point where it's like, all right, cool, I can play those festivals and really play play those those venues like i'm not looking to like do like a bridge show in arena or like a verizon center or anything necessarily because i mean i'm a niche i know that and like unless the music kept evolving and who knows it might but like i really want to be able to like you know start small pack up those those like you know mid-sized clubs and like you know just get people there who like really care about the music and like you know they always say you need a thousand a thousand super fans you really want to like you know make a living in this and like that that's the goal and so, like, you know, one thing at a time and you just go from there. A thousand people can pack some pretty cool venues, I think. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it would work out just a fine for sure. All right. I've had a blast chatting so far, Minerva. I've got one last question. Are you ready for it? Please go for it. All right. So we've talked about you progressing as an artist, growing into yourself moving more inside of the rock world, starting to add a little more depth to the lyrics, tackling things a little bit more. So what I would like to know now is in this time, over these past two years of releasing your own music, getting to this point, how has this time helped you grow as a person? Or what has it taught you about yourself? Oh, God. Uh, first off, go to therapy. Uh, that's an easy one. Um, yeah, I actually, I've been doing that for like about, uh, about five months now. Best decision I ever made. Uh, my God, like it's so easy to get overwhelmed is what I find. And so, um, I very quickly learned, okay, cool. Like I drink to cope. 
I'm now nine months sober, for example. And like, you know, uh, which I'm very proud of. And so wouldn't have known that had I not had to, you know, deal with the challenges of being an artist. Uh, also, I love, really taught me about myself. I really love collaborating with people and work, uh, like working with people and admitting that I don't know everything. Like I'm so much more willing to like bring someone else in and try to figure something out myself. And I really think that, yeah, does that cost me more money? Of course it does. But it's like, look, I don't know everything and I don't expect to. And I think the people who are, who think they know everything and, or are expected to know everything. It's like, that's not the right way to approach this. I really think. So like being an artist really taught me like, you know, lean on the people in your life and like, you know, like definitely like, you know, you got, that means when they're leaning on you, you got to support them too. Cause it has to go both ways. But it's like, look, like you build a community and they're all in this together. And so like, any way that you can help each other do it, it's not a competition. We want to see everybody succeed. Absolutely. And it's sometimes it does get made out to be a competition, but it's exactly that is we're all trying to just chase our dreams. We're trying to make the most out of it. And it's why not help each other out? Why not do exactly that? Make the most out of it. Do reach for the stars. Go for it. May, uh, try and make a career out of it if you can <laughs> get those thousand super fans and just really uh, go for it. And I'm glad that you uh had the opportunity to like learn some of these lessons and share them with us. Cause like we said, it's important to be able to have a team to put trust inside of other people. Because like, if you're trying to build a career out of someone where you want to tour and do all these things, if you can't trust anybody, if you're trying to do it all yourself, you're going to have a really miserable time. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the thing too, is like, we all start like doing music cause it's fun. And like you learn very quickly, no, it's not fun. The job is not fun whatsoever. It sucks. As far as like, you know, the actual like having to deal with social media, for example, and like, you know, branding and deadlines. And there's all these things that like, you know, are not what we signed up for. But if you surround yourself with people who like, you know, you really love and appreciate and you like really push you to be your best, it's not work. Exactly. Exactly. And we got to remember that, that it all started because we had fun with it. We got to continue to have fun with it we can't lose sight of that because we if we want people to have fun to our music we have to be able to have fun to our own music too yes completely and it's been so cool like you know getting to plan my live shows for example because i'm like oh my god i haven't loved something this much in music in a very long time because i haven't been writing from an over in a long time because i've already finished my next record and the one after that and so it's like all right cool i'm taking a break on that so i can focus on like the promo side of things and it's like all right, I don't love this, but at the same time, I'm finding I'm finding the nuggets that you enjoy, and that's the important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. You have to find those nuggets, and you have to sort of, even if you don't like all of it, sometimes it's a big part of it. And sometimes it's some of those things that you had to fight through that you like remember. Whereas, like, okay, well, I like got this done, but it's like, man, I'm very proud of myself for getting this done. Yeah, like um, I uh, we were talking videos earlier. Um, the stuck video, honestly, that one came together really easily. That was a fast edit. But um, I also made um a video for my song growing up, uh, over the pandemic, and that was an ambitious project. And uh, yeah, just it was really cool for me to have that personal satisfaction of when the project was done. And I had all the time in the world because the pandemic. But it was like wow. I did this. I've never video edited in my life and I've never attempted anything like this, but like, you know, okay, cool. I can do this. And this is never something I would ever like wish on my worst enemy, but at the same time, cool. I can do this. And I feel really proud of that. 
Awesome. Well, I'm proud of you for getting through it too. And I want to say thank you for joining us here today on the DTP. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Oh, Ambush, thank you for checking out this conversation with Minerva. And you can find the tracks that we talked about as well as the rest of Minerva's catalog over on your favorite music streaming service. I highly suggest that you do. I also suggest that you have follow when you're there so that you can stay up to date with when Minerva drops a new music in the future. You should also go ahead and follow him on social media for the exact same reason. Stay up to date, stay connected. Minerva's a pretty damn cool person, why not, right? And with that, I also need to thank Sam Downey from over at Fearless PR for going ahead and setting up this amazing conversation and for just being an amazing person herself. I need to thank German at yourpodcasteditor.com for being an amazing audio wizard. And I need to thank you, the Am Bush, for tuning on into this episode, for checking out the show like you love to do if you've yet to join up with the Am. It's as easy as subscribing to the DTP if you want to help the show grow. Otherwise, from that point, you can also share this episode. Give us a five-star review over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com. Cop yourself something to represent and support the show. And the best thing is, is looking is a free. So what harm is there? And heading on over to DesertTigerMerch.com and seeing if something catches your eye, catches your interest. And with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes, but not before I say to you, go out and find your roar, and then let it out into the world. Show them just how fierce, powerful, and mighty you and your roar are, because you are all of these things, and oh, so much more. And until next time, ambush. Bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.